So I'm speaking to you on the subject, the 12 New Year attitudes that can determine your end of year attitude. The 12 New Year attitudes that can determine the, your end of year attitude. Now please write this down. It's very important. Write this down. Success is a combination of two things. It's a combination of the grace of God and the right set of attitudes. For most charismatics, when we see people have become successful, we say it's the grace of God. And we take away the human responsibility because we don't want to be responsible. The grace of God will let you see a new day, but the, it is attitude that will wake you up from your sleep and take you to work. So if you wake up in the morning, this morning, God protected you, his grace guarded you and guided you, and you are alive this morning. But it took attitude for you to be in church. You could have decided not to be in church. The grace of God may put food on your table, but will not put food in your mouth. Are you here? At the end of this year, the difference between you and I will not be the amount of grace, because his grace is sufficient for everyone, but the difference between you and I will be attitude. Will be attitude. The difference between you and I will be attitude. So I'm going to share these 12 New Year attitudes with you. Possibly I'm going to do four or six this morning and continue next week. And every single one of them will teach you very valuable success lessons. Are you ready for the journey? Let me read my introductory scripture. Luke 14 28 to 30. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? I picked it from a new sermon I'm doing called Jesus on Strategy. Verse 29. For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone sees it. Everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build, but wasn't able to finish. Now imagine this. Take this scripture and imagine this. That this year is your building year. You are building something. You are building a dream. You are building a house. You are building a life. You are building a family. Whatever you are building, Jesus is saying that, sit down. And plan. Have a strategy. Practice strategic planning. That Jesus taught here. Now I'm going to do a series. Jesus on planning. Jesus on strategy. Jesus on entrepreneurship. Just to let you understand. Jesus on investment. Just to Jesus on marriage. Jesus on parenting. Just to let you understand that Jesus did not spend all his time. Teaching about wishes and wizards. 
and leading people to kill all the bad people, the wicked uncles in their families. Our biggest problems as Africans is our inability to differentiate between spirituality and superstition. We are too, so superstitious that even if a 99-year-old man dies, we still believe that a witch killed that 99-year-old man. Oh, I know people who are going from prophet to prophet to find out who killed their 99-year-old father. I, I, do you understand what I'm talking about? Now, I want to teach If Listen. If you only focus on superstitious thinking and you don't do reasonable thinking, you can never become successful. Jesus thought reasonably on many occasions. He wasn't always spiritualizing issues. He dealt with issues as they came along. And in most cases, he dealt with them reasonably. Are you here with me? Now, attitude number one is the joy riders attitude. Unfortunately, our machine is not working, so you can't see. The joy riders attitude. Years ago, when mommy was pregnant with our third child, that was the most difficult pregnancies of all the four pregnancies she's had. In a certain period for about weeks, she has to stay in bed and be at home. As a very active woman who had been working with me for so many years, staying at home for that short period was very depressing for her. One day I came from the office and she said to me, honey, I feel a bit okay. I feel, today I feel like I'm fine. I've been indoors for a long time. Can you just drive me around? I was excited. Just put my bags down, got her into the car and we hit the road. Going. We're chatting. We're all right. Chatting, talking about family, talking about business, what I did in town, talking about church. We rode until we got to a T-junction. The one we got the T-junction, I asked her, so where do you want to go? Then she said, but you are taking me out. I said, no, you said you will go out. So you, you have to tell me where you want to go because we are at the junction. We have to decide where to go. She said, no, you are taking me out, so you should tell me where you are taking me. You see, we were all right until we got to the junction where we had to make a decision. Now, the reason why we had to argue over that simple decision as to whether to turn right or to turn left was because we were going nowhere. We were only joy riding. We were going nowhere. Many people begin the year joy riding. No plan, no vision, no direction. Just joy riding. You have seen 2021. 20, Corona couldn't kill you. COVID, COVID couldn't kill you. So you are just so happy. You'll be all right until 
you get to the T junctions of life, where you have to make major decisions, then you realize that you are only joy riding. Let me show you something and give you some advice to follow for this year. Look at this girl. Proverbs 25, 21, verse 5. Proverbs 21, verse 5. The plans of the diligent lead to profit. The plan of the diligent lead to profit. As surely as hates leads to poverty. So one of the keys to success in life is to have a solid plan for your life. Don't draw right. Because you can't become successful jaw riding. Eventually, you know what I did? I just sat down there and did what we used to do when we were children. See, 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 Nanako, Krata, Bongo. Whilst I was doing that thing to make, a, to make a decision, the other class behind me has started blowing their horns on me. So because I am a righty, I just turned to the right. <laughs> Going nowhere. We rode, rode, rode around to make a, a sick woman happy. She came home offended. Because we were joy riding. Joy riding. This morning I left her at home, came to church, because she came here at dawn to sweep. But she has also come to meet me. Why? She didn't need to be in my car to arrive at where I'm going because we all had a plan this morning. We all knew where we were going. We all knew where we were going. Here are five things you should do. Five questions, five basic questions you must answer this year so that you don't draw right. So that you don't draw right. Five basic questions. The first question is why? 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 You must have a reason for living this year. Something must drive you. Something must drive you. Have a, a mission, a personal mission statement this year that in 20. 21, I live for something. Make a statement. Number two, answer the question, how? How? Devise a strategy to avoid tragedies. Devise a strategy. Look at the environment. I'm telling you, COVID is making people richer. People with strategy, COVID is making them richer. People with no strategy, COVID is making them poorer. We have a new online university set up in the UK. As I last night, I was dealing with um, a graduate school in Paris for some partnership. And this came along as a result of COVID. When all our students were home, I said, listen, this, the, the, Way forward now for education is online learning. We got a company in India to build us an online platform. And we are on. We are getting better under COVID than we were before COVID. Because a man of strategy will survive under every condition. Give him, give him a lemon and he will turn it into a lemonade. It doesn't always take prayer for God to work a miracle. Sometimes just thinking and God will give you an idea. Number three, when? When? You must determine this year when to spend every second of your life. 
He's tired. Can you take him back? You have to change every 30 minutes or 15 minutes. Okay, so the doctor's here. Please meet him. Let him help you. No, he was strategizing. Okay. So you must determine when you spend, how you're going to spend every second of your life. Let me tell you something. When I come to teaching you a series called Winning, I think I'll teach it in April, Winning, when I come to teach you on winning, I'm going to establish here that the race is not for the swift, the battle is not for the strong, nor food for the brilliant. But time and chance happens to us all. Two things that will let you win the race, time and chance. How you manage your time and how you take opportunities, how you take your chances. Please don't speak there. Don't speak there, please. Now, what you need to understand, distinguished ladies and gentlemen, is that between us and the white people, God this year will give all of us 365 days. Nobody's day is going to be less than 24 hours. Nobody's week is going to be more than seven days. It is how you use the time that God has given you. We are already one month old in the new year. And within this one month old in the new year, there are some of you sitting down here, you cannot account for how you made use of that one month. Meanwhile, somebody at your age has already made the first one million dollars in his life, in this first 31 days of this year. Very soon, very soon, the year will be ending. And you must account for every second. Listen, never spend time with anybody this year. Never spend time with anybody who does not contribute to your purpose in life. Never spend time on anything that does not contribute to your purpose in life. Sometimes you think you have time. Because it's available. And time is cheap when you have it. But when you lose it, it's expensive. Sometimes one hour loss can take a whole lifetime to recover. I know someone who landed a dream job and was going to start the job and was late for one hour and lost that job. It took him another 10 years to land a similar job. Don't play the catch-up game in life. Don't always be the person who is reacting to something you must proact. You, you know my popular question. What are you doing today? What are you doing today? You are either doing yesterday's things today, or today's things today, or tomorrow's things today. Those who do tomorrow's things today are those who succeed. In other words, I'm advising you to be ahead of time. <laughs> to be ahead of time. I do in one day what people do in one week. Now, if you were here, if you were here even three days ago, you would never have believed that we could meet here. Yeah. Mommy said, well, honey, you should have given us enough time. I said, for the African, if you like, let me suspend this building and say, okay, we'll do it in the next two months. 
I said, everybody will go and relax and come the last week to the two months before we all put in our effort. So I'm not going to do that. We are going to finish. I said, three days ago, if you had come here, there was no way we could have met in this building. For many people, it would have taken them, what we did in three days, would have taken them three months to do it. But I know the value of time. I do in one week what others do in one month. And I do in one month what others do in one year. And they will tell you, you are rushing. And I tell people that <laughs> my, my, my formula is working. Even if it's a rush, it's a good rush. <laughs> it's a good rush. I, I, I have friends who believe that I rush. And these friends, these friends have not even com, com, bought one plot of land. And I'm telling them that this rush is a good rush. We all started the same way. And look at where I am rushing. As far as my rushing, I have not fallen down. Rush with me. <laughs> Are you here with me? Listen, you have 24 hours in a day. If you are below 50, don't sleep more than 6 hours. Because even those of us who are above 50, my maximum sleep time that I've slept by is 4 hours. Yesterday I left here at 2 a.m. I'm here preaching. Some of you to stay 2 a.m., you will sleep for three days. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, here. Now, this year, if you want to succeed, take this sermon very seriously. The year is already one month old. If you are not planning, you are already one month late. Double up. Double up. The fourth question is who? Who? Who do I need in my life to become successful? I've always advised you here in this church that there are five people you need in your life to become successful. Those with eyes in their heads. The Bible says the wise man has eyes in his head. Because those with eyes in their heads, they see ahead. Think ahead. Move ahead. And stay ahead. They will give you a ride for your money. Are you here? Number two, those with wisdom in their hearts. God put wisdom in Solomon's heart and people came to listen to him. Those with wisdom in their heart because they will build you up with the words of their mouth. They will give you good counsel and talk to you well. Listen, get away from the group of gossipers who sit down and discuss everybody except themselves. Small minds discuss people. Small minds discuss people. Get away from those gossipers. They will mess up your life for you. Sit with people who think. Sit with people who have wisdom in their hearts. Now, most of the time, mommy says, Honey, you talk to my people. You finish preaching and we, you, you go to the office. People come to you and you are talking. And then you come back home and you are saying, You are talking. And I say, Honey, people who don't like talking don't have something to say. Oh, yeah, they don't have anything to say. I said, for us who have things to say, wisdom to share, every single person that comes to you is an opportunity to build that person's life. I'm a human mechanic. I build lives. I build lives. If you don't like conversing with me, 
If you don't like sitting around me and listening to me, you are not a serious person in life. Are you here? If you don't like this church and the things I teach, I don't know when you will succeed. I'm telling you. Am I preaching? <clears throat> the third person you associate with is a person with trophies in their hands. Don't, don't despise people's success. Oh, we are lucky. Oh, you're lucky. Oh, emoji, you're going to be a good one. Maybe you to but because of what can but you see, you are in a church where two or three are gathered. You can't even have the platform. If it breaks through in a church where thousands of people gather and it can be discovered, it's because he offers something. Oh, this is offering a source of tenth. So uska. But I came here as a squatter. So come and learn how I was able to transform myself from a squatter to the landlord of the landlords. Yeah. Are you here with me? Do you understand? Sometimes that's what we do. Somebody becomes successful. When people's success reminds you of your failure, you are a loser. You criticize successful people because it makes you feel like a failure. I employed a guy to work with Accra Business School. He has a PhD. Started telling people, oh, did you affair? He doesn't know anything. I am the one facing the school for him. I am the one doing this. I called him one day. I said, my brother, you have PhD, you don't own a university. I have masters, I own a university. And I'll be president of this university through accreditation process up to now. Start a nursery. Just start a nursery. And, and then start a nursery. And I'll accept that you are better than me. I said the anointing to start is different from the anointing to end PhD. Are you here? Do you understand? One time I was going to preach somewhere. And somebody was with me in the car. And I asked the person, do you know where this scripture is? Give it to me. A pastor. Then he went around saying that, oh, do you know that Bishop Titi Offer seeks my advice on scriptures he uses for preaching? <laughs> hey! Me Bible, no, my kind, the whole Bible, I read it 21 times. The book of Proverbs alone, I read it over 350 times. No, no, I'm maybe a Bible. Okay. Okay, wait. The fifth question. Where? 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 I, oh, no, no. I think I'm talking about five people there. Eh? So, the person with trophies in their hands. Don't undermine anybody's this thing. Number four. The person will zip on the hip. Someone who is morally upright. If you are a man, a married man, and your friend is a, is, a, is a womanizer cheating on their wife, and you are still close friends, it raises questions about you. If all your friends are drunkards, but you don't drink, it raises questions about you. You have a potential to become a drunkard. Are you here? Do you understand? 
I told you when I started traveling, I didn't know how to manage myself at the airport. I went to sit at somewhere, and people came smoking. And my mind was like, how could people be smoking here? And somebody came and offered me a cigarette. I said, no, I don't smoke. He said, well, if I don't smoke, what, what are you doing here? Because this is a smoking area. That's the non-smoking area. <laughs> are you here with me? What was I doing there? If we, if we are not a womanizer, why are you with womanizers? If we are not a smoker, why are you with smokers? If we are not a, if we are not a bad person, why are you with bad people? You need people with zip on their hips to be with them. Finally, not not, not finally is a sermon. Finally, the five people you must. So I'm still on number one. So I'll share up to two and then I'll close you. See, the fifth person you must associate with is someone with with speed on his heels speed on his heels listen it is better to be last running with horses than to be first running with tortoises are you here with me so what would people with speed on their heels the reason why dr i came from the uk to look for me was because people have told him that Akwawe, the things he's doing and he has been in the UK, very well exposed, has traveled all over, has gone to mass, uh, John Maxwell leadership testing and other things. He was humble enough to come and say, how are you doing it? Everybody I'm talking to says, see, it's your affair. How are you doing it? I said, my brother, listen, let me share this secret with you. Do you know why I don't fear sharing my trade secrets? It's because the sky is too, too big for two birds to clash. But apart from that, there's always something nobody can pick from you. Yeah. But American companies are still learning, trying to see how Toyota has become the biggest car selling this in the world. Probably right, isn't it? Toyota. And they keep asking, how are they doing it? They've gone to learn their engineering thing and how Toyota is done and everything. But there's something there in the Japanese culture that the Americans cannot copy. Are you here with me? Do you understand what I'm talking about? So look for people who are running like horses and associate with them. It is better to be last running with those people than to have tortoises and go ahead of them. Listen, in life, don't count the number of people behind you. Count those ahead of you. They will determine when you arrive at your destination. Don't say, oh, in, in, in my class, I wasn't the last. But you were also not the first. So this year, make sure you choose who you, you associate with. Change your friends. If they are, your friends are not changing you, change them. Change them. Five. I'm giving a lot of... Um, the, the fifth question to ask yourself, where? Where? Where do I spend my time? Where do I spend? I suggest this year, spend your time in three places. Three safest places on earth. Your home, your office, and your church. If you are not at home, you should be in the office. If you are not in the office, you should be in your church. Every other place could be wasting your time. Your home is where you find your comfort. It's where you build your life. That's why you must ensure, you must ensure that you build a solid and a functional home. If you build a dysfunctional home, you are finished. You will be spending your time in Akwetashi shops. Your office is where you make money. And then your church is where you build your spirituality. 
these three places. I have spent all my life in these three places. I'm not bored. I'm a very fun person. People who know me know that I'm always happy. All these things, hypertension, I don't have some. I don't, I, because my life, I spent my whole life around like four plus, within four plus facilities. And sometimes they have to go and race park my cars because the battery will die. And I'm so very fulfilled because three places. My home is a good place. My home is a sweet place. I have a very solid wife and I have good children and I enjoy their company. My, my office, I have a fantastic staff. And today, this year, we added one of the most outstanding men I've ever met, Professor Ellis, to our team. My, my, my staff that I work with, if any of them resigns from the office, where the person goes to work, I'll go and look for the place and work there. They are a fantastic team. But I built them. They didn't happen to me. I happened to them. And then the third place I spent my life is church. Church. I spent all my life in church. If church is boring for you, you are not yet a Christian. The same way, you see, because I love my wife and my children, my house is never a boring place for me. You can never get bored being with people you love. If you love Jesus, church will not be a boring place for you. You can never be bored with Jesus. So, let me conclude on the second attitude and then we go home. I want some certificates and then I self-communion first. I want certificates and then we go home and come back. Good. Now here, two, two. So I've been saying one, two, three. So under everyone, there are one, two, three. And then under some one, two, three, there are also one, two, three. If you get confused, you are not ready for life. Now, here, here is the number two, main number two, main number two, main number two. The bridge crosses attitude. The bridge crosses attitude. The bridge crosses attitude. Ah. When, when I finished Bible school, a woman offered me a room in her house with her children. For those who know me, I love prayer. So we used to have all night. The house used to be called the house where they pray. And this woman's children were always having all night praying. But there was this guy in the house who was the, 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 man, the, 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 the father of the house, his brother's child, the brother who is dead. So more or less like he was the lowest person in the house. But the guy was going to Presbyterian Church. Whilst these children were in Osu Presbyterian Secondary School, and they were going to good schools and other things. This boy was going to technical school. Then one day, I met this guy. And the guy was working in Ernst and Young. Has a car, has distant. I said, wow. I said, what about your brothers? Also, they are there, they are home. So I said, let me go and check on these people. Let me go home and check on these people I've been praying with. If this guy who was not joining our prayer meeting has gone to this place, let me go and check the people I was praying with, but now they have gotten better to better place. I went there, they were at home. The senior brother has finished A-levels and he's waiting upon God. He's waiting upon God. Whilst he was waiting upon God, 
for God to show him what to do, he was doing sound at GBC, Ghana Broadcasting Corporation. So I go and learn that sound, sound small, small, but I'm waiting upon the laboratory upon that say you are crazy. Is that where to learn sound? Go to Nafti. Take your A levels. It was good too. Go to Nafti. He said, but God must speak first. I said, Did God speak to you before you went to um, GBC? The GBC is God speaking to you. You, you, if you miss it, tell God I caused you to miss it. If you miss God's voice, tell him it was me, an old prophet, came to give you another direction. I said, get out from here and go. Give you money to go and buy the distant. Today he's one of the top most lecturers at Nafti. Travels around the world. Even nations that haven't been, he goes there. Do you know why he was sitting down there saying the will of God, the will of God? You know, people who procrastinate are people who are afraid to make decisions. 90.9% of Christians who say they are waiting upon the Lord are running away from the fear of decision making. They are waiting upon the Lord and they are eating bangun at home. They are waiting upon the Lord. Do you know what it means to wait upon the Lord? You are staying at home, you are waiting upon the Lord. For what reason? The world is moving so fast. If you can't think on your feet, you are finished. There are people who come, there are people who traveled from this community maybe four months ago, will not come and pass here. And say, when did this thing come here? When did this thing come here? You leave your community for one month and you come back in and things have changed. Everybody is moving. Everybody is moving. You can't be a bridge crosser. You cannot say it's a bridge. When we get there, we will cross. You might not get there. Now he said, bridge, you know, you should the You see the It's a bridge. When we get there, we will cross. When we get there, we will cross. You can't make simple decisions on your life. I'm waiting upon the Lord. I'm, 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 I'm fasting and praying. Do you know when I fast and pray? I fast and pray because I love the Lord. I just want to communicate with Him. I don't fast and pray based on my need. I fast and pray because I love God. I'm hungry for Him. I don't fast and pray and ask God, Father, give me this and Father, give me this. When I go on retreat, the prayer has always been, Father, let me hunger and thirst for you. Revive my prayer life, revive my Bible study life, revive me. I pray the basic Christian prayers. Not all this. We, we. <laughs> you go and retreat for one week and you spend six days binding witches and wizards and spend the last one day talking to God. I told my pastors, don't start our prayer meeting, our church prayer meeting by binding the devil start by asking the holy ghost to descend upon the service start by opening the heavens because no matter how you bind the devil you will still come to church when, when when it is the presence that will keep him not working because when the sons of god gathered he showed up when jesus has finished 40 days fasting and prayer he still showed up It's not, you, you think that when you fast and you pray for long, Satan, Satan will be afraid of you. He's an, he was an archangel. He knows fasting and prayer. He knows the presence. He has seen more presence than what you are seeing. 
But if you pray for God for anointing, and you pray for God to save you, and you pray for God for direction to order your steps, Satan will do everything he will not get you. He will do everything he will not get you. I need you this year. You see, when you see people who are going to make simple decisions, go on fasting and prayer to make that decision, you should tell that they have not been fasting and praying. They have not been praying. Because there are certain decisions, eh? Certain decisions. If you're already in communication with God, it just comes. It just comes. If you're already in communication with God, it just comes. So when people are around me and say, Charlie, this thing, you have to take your time. Uh, we have to take our time small. I know that they don't understand what it means to be in communication with God. When I'm praying, before iPhone came, when I'm praying, I have pen and paper. Because my prayer with God is an open communication. I talk, God talk. I talk, God talk. I don't finish praying and I tell God, uh, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth. What kind of communication is that? You finish all the talking. And now God also talks back. What kind of communication is that? Whilst I'm talking, God is talking. I keep writing. I'm praying. I keep writing what God is telling me. And we are communicating. And we are talking. Mommy keeps telling me, honey, you need a driver. I say, why? He said, because when I'm driving with you, I see your mind is not here. I say, it's the man Apple. I'm communicating with him. But the reason why I don't get a driver, I don't have a driver, is because I enjoy driving. And the reason I enjoy driving is because I didn't, my father didn't buy a car. So I'm catching up with all the... <laughs> you know, that's how it is with poor people's children. Like they say, procrastination is a thief of time. Listen, if you know how to pray, keep, listen, let me tell you something. I'm, I, I, was, I had an interview of a pastor. So successful. And they asked me, asked him what was the secret of his success. You know what he said? He said, one hour a day prayer for 50 years. It is not you just sitting down and having, seeing, you are not praying. You don't pray. When you have money, you don't pray. When things are going well, you don't pray. And then when things are turning bad, then your zeal comes. And then you are praying. And then you go to pray. You will not become successful like that. I said, prayer is like taking Korokin's um, 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 course. For those of you who are just born, you don't know Korokin. When you finish, explain to the youth. <laughs> they know Korokin. Okay. Like taking a Korokin course. Like taking a Korokin course. If you take the first four for the first day, and the next day you feel you are fine, so you won't take and the malaria starts again, you have to start all over again. That's how prayer is. If you pray today and next day you don't pray, and something happens to you, you don't depend on the previous prayer. You have to start all over again. That's why the Bible says, give us this day our daily bread. It's a daily communication with God. Daily communication with God. Daily Bible studies. And then you become spiritually sharp. So when God speaks, you know. Me, I don't...